Okay, let's get it. Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, Cox Sports TV, and glad to have you with us here for the Locked on LSU podcast every single day. Uh, Ed Ogeron updated some injuries on his coach's show. We'll get to that. Pro Football Focus. Have you heard what they think about Joe Burrow's draft prospects? Get to that. And uh, it was actually SEC Basketball Media Day, so some from Will Wade and Skylar Mays a bit later in the show. So, uh, Ed Ogeron on his coach's show on Wednesday night talked about a good bit. Let's start with where it feels like we started every single conversation for the past month, and that is the health of the injured players. First and foremost, Glenn Logan and Richard Lawrence. You know, Glenn Logan feels good. Uh, Richard Lawrence feels good. Uh, we feel like Michael Divinity is ready to go. We got a cheating package ready to go. We have a rotation. We can stay fresh. Let's go get it. You know, Glenn Logan had one of the biggest plays defensively um, of the game. It, it was sort of a, a hidden play, but after LSU and Florida had scored on six straight possessions, LSU finally got a stop, and that was a drive that began with a holding penalty by Florida. So they had first and 20. They ran the ball on first down, had a second and 19, and Glenn Logan deflected a pass at the line of scrimmage. That was a massive play because it's set up on what was an open play, set up third and 19, and that's when Marcel Brooks got his sack. So um, having clearly having those guys back makes you better. Glenn Logan came up with two tackles in the ball game and the pass breakup that that I just mentioned. As for Rashard Lawrence, uh, he had one quarterback hit. It's the only statistic he recorded. But you are going to be better, obviously, with those two guys in the lineup. and They're feeling healthy, so maybe expect their snap count to go up a bit, a bit this week in Starkville. Uh, Ed Ogeron also reiterated the latest on Terrace Marshall. He's looking good. and uh, He's running routes. He's going through individual. Uh, he's in pads. He's looking real good. Uh, we'll see next week. We'll see if he's ready next week. He's definitely not ready this week, but he's close. You know, it's interesting, and it's a big tip of the cap to Jack Marucci and that training staff, how they've been able to get guys healthy. You know, the target for Glenn Logan was the Auburn game, and you got him back for Florida. The target for Terrace Marshall was Alabama, and you may get him back two weeks early for Auburn. So, we know that LSU's got a great training staff and a ton of credit to them for the work they've done with getting some of these injured guys back out on the field early. Now, Terrace Marshall won't play, but I am interested to see how this LSU offense rolls against Mississippi State's defense, which, by the way, is among the worst in the conference when it comes to pass defense. Mississippi State is allowing 394 yards of total offense, 230 passing, 163 rushing. This just hasn't been a great team. They're scoring 26 a game. They're allowing 27 a game. It's a far cry from where they were a year ago when they had Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat and had three first-rounders on that team. Uh, Last year's Mississippi State defense gave LSU fits in Tiger Stadium in a rain game where they sort of sludged through it and Cole Tracy kicked a bunch of field goals and LSU managed to keep Mississippi State at arm's length the whole game. Um, In this I, it's hard to imagine on a a dry surface that this would be anything but LSU boat racing Mississippi State. But because of the threat of rain uh, in Starkville on Saturday, um, that could neutralize things. But here was Ed Ogeron talking about that Mississippi State defense. 
You know, Errol Thompson, our linebacker, number 40, is all over the place. And also Cam Dassler is right here from St. Thomas Aquinas. See, he played quarterback, and he played cornerback. He came down camp. He went there. He's having a good year. So that's two of their best players. They're a 4-3 defense. I expect them to blitz. I expect them to stunt. They stunted a lot last year. Same defensive coordinator gave us some problem on the stunt. So we watched last year's film. Obviously, they lost two first-rounders. I think that's hurt their defense. The scores don't lie. Uh Mississippi State in their last couple of games, they went to Knoxville last weekend and lost 20-10 to 10 to a bad Tennessee team. Uh, they only scored 10 points. That's a problem. Uh, and then against Auburn, on the road, albeit, they gave up 56. And that was a day where everything clicked for Auburn. It was probably their best day of the year, but it also underscores the problems that Mississippi State has had. Uh, they allowed 31 to, to Kansas State. They did beat Kentucky 28-13, to but Kentucky basically has a wide receiver playing quarterback. And then they beat Southern Miss in their opener 35-15. to But it's been a um, it's been a, a struggle. At t- Forgive me, they opened up with, uh, with ULL in the Dome. My, my apologies. They won that one 38-28, but that was a close game for the bulk of it. And then they played Southern Miss at home. But the point is, Mississippi State's defense this year is not what it was a year ago, and they'll be starting a true freshman quarterback against LSU on Saturday. Uh, the line is 18 and a half, and I'm surprised that it's that low. The There is the possibility that Mississippi State, coming off an embarrassing loss, plays better. LSU, coming off an emotional win and looking ahead to Auburn, hits a lull. Possibility of rain could slow LSU's offense. And those factors may keep this game uh, closer than we might anticipate. But realistically... Uh, these are two teams right now that are going in very, very different directions, and I think we're going to see that play out on Saturday in Starkville. All right, it's Locked on LSU, your team every day. Of course, the reason that uh, LSU is churned the way it has in large part is because of Joe Burrow. If you have not heard the latest from Pro Football Focus and what they are projecting from Joe Bur- Burrow, you will want to hear this next. Locked on LSU, your team every day. What a year it's been for LSU senior quarterback Joe Burrow after being it dropped on campus a couple of weeks before fall camp a year ago, uh, navigating last season through a 9-3 and record. Some struggles. Didn't throw a touchdown pass in October. Just 18 touchdown passes for the season. Uh, but some impressive wins. A road win at Auburn, a home win over uh, a top-five Georgia team, uh, LSU's first college football playoff, um, New Year's Six Bowl game, winning the Fiesta Bowl over Central Florida. And then building upon that heading into this season, Joe Burrow has gone from what many projected to be a a day three draft pick to at the start of this season, what some thought could be a a top 100 pick. Well, he started off on fire, as we've all seen, and we've seen the buzz around Joe Burrow increase. He's on midseason All-America teams. He's got the second best odds presently behind only Tua, to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, we have seen draft analysts like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay rank their quarterbacks in this year's draft and each have Joe Burrow ranked as the third best quarterback behind Tua and Justin Herbert from Oregon. So it has been a monumental rise, a meteoric rise for Joe Burrow in a relatively short amount of time. But this is clearly uh, the apex of that buzz. A pro football focus put out their mock draft on Wednesday, and Michael Renner uh, wrote the the piece for pro football focus. And again, this is 
the to clarify, this is a midseason draft guide. This is their prediction of what will happen, and it's again their prediction of that's what he believes would uh, will happen, not what he would do. So that's the 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 cl- the clarify there. It's not how he would draft; it's what he thinks will happen. And he has the Cincinnati Bengals, not the Miami Dolphins. He's got the Cincinnati Bengals with the first overall pick, taking LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. The write-up reads, Burrow has sustained elite play every game for half a season. He's torched one of the best secondaries in college football. He's got a stronger arm and quicker release than Alabama's Tua Tungo-Vailoa. We've never seen a quarterback with a higher passing grade through the first seven weeks of the season. He may not be at the top of boards right now, but he's shooting his way up there. So Pro Football Focus has Joe Burrow with the first overall pick of the first-round draft. If you're wondering about the other quarterbacks, they do not have Tua going until the 10th pick overall to the Chargers, Uh, followed by, incidentally, LSU teammates Grant Delpit, 11 to the Titans, and Christian Fulton, 12 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then the next quarterback comes off the board, Justin Herbert, 13 overall to Denver. And many are expecting this to be a quarterback-heavy draft. There are a few more uh, at the bottom of round one. They have the Minnesota Vikings taking Jake Fromm 24th overall. And then, uh, and excuse me, that's it. J- so Jake Fromm would be the last one they have. So they have uh, Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, and Jake Fromm. Just four quarterbacks going in the first round, whereas many – Draft you know, analysts also project Jordan Love of Utah State presumably going in round one, and some even have Jacob Eason from Washington going in round one. So as many as six possibilities there for round one. But this by far is the highest praise yet for Joe Burrow, and it's all warranted. I, I, get, I do a lot of interviews uh, in other markets. You know, people like if you ever listen to my radio show, I'll have writers or meet you from other teams on – on my show to talk about their team, and I reciprocate a lot. And so I've been asked a bunch about Joe Burrow, and the question I get most commonly asked is, "Is all the are the statistics a product of the system change?" And and I chuckle for two reasons primarily. One, no matter what system LSU has ever run, they have never put up numbers like this. Joe Burrow this weekend could very well break the single-season touchdown passing mark for LSU. It's 28. Jamarcus Russell in 2006, when he became the number one pick, incidentally, and Matt Mock in 2003, when LSU won the national title, each of those guys threw 28 touchdown passes. This is game seven, and Joe Burrow very well could break that record just past the halfway point of the regular season. It's it's laughable, the amount of success that he's had, and to say it's only system-based. The fact that he's completing better than 70% of his passes against pressure is also indicative of what he's able to do. But we've talked about the other thing with Joe that uh, Michael Renner there at Pro Football Focus alluded to as well, you know, the underrated arm strength and the mobility. Two key moments in this season that we've seen, the – for the third and 17 against Texas, Joe Burrow avoiding the pressure, throwing accurately, moving to his left, and throwing a strike and a touchdown pass. And then this past weekend against Florida, the second touchdown of the game for LSU when Joe Burrow rolled to his right and hit Justin Jefferson in the front right corner of the end zone. I mean, he fit that ball on a tight window. 
that was accurate on the run, avoiding pressure, and you know, with uh, a defender right there on the play, fit that ball in a tight window. Those are the types of things that scouts maybe didn't see a year ago that they're seeing now going, he's a completely different player. It's not just the system and the eye-popping stats. Part of the reason for the eye-popping stats is you have a strong-arm quarterback who's decisive, who knows where to go with the football, who can move within the pocket, and he's executing near flawlessly right now. So we still got a ways to go uh, before the April draft, but at least one mock draft right now has Joe Burrow not only in the first round, but with the first overall pick in uh, this spring's draft. Okay, it's Locked on LSU. Your team every day will knock out a quick break. I will step aside from football briefly because yesterday was LSU, excuse me, was SEC Basketball Media Day. So what did Will Wade and Skylar Mays have to say? You'll hear next. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Wrapping up a Thursday edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. Uh, It was SEC Basketball Media Day on Wednesday. So Will Wade, uh, Skylar Mays, Javante Smart went to Birmingham for the day, spent the day talking some LSU hoop, and in part, Will Wade talked about the challenge of the SEC. Everybody in the, a lot of the teams in the league play very differently. In most leagues, it's like a copycat league. For instance, I was in the Ivy League as an assistant. Well, half the teams in the Ivy League ran the Princeton offense because Princeton was so good, and everybody thought they could just copy them. Well, nobody here really, everybody kind of does their own thing. And so it makes it very challenging. You can't just take one scouting report and use it. Like in the Ivy League, you could take the Princeton scouting report and use it for Brown at the time because they are both doing the same stuff. Here, there's not a lot of stuff that repeats itself. And so you're doing something new every game or preparing for something new every game, which I think goes to the everybody's got very, very good coaching, everybody's got good players, and then they're able to fit a system to their to their players. And, of course, one of the very good players that uh, LSU has this year is senior Skylar Mays, who Will Wade discussed as part of his backcourt. You have a backcourt like we have uh, this year with Javante and Skylar. You're you're very, very confident as a, as a head coach. And then, you know, I think Skylar led the SEC in minutes played last year. Mm. And my staff always says, we have to get him a break. We have to give him a break. I said, well, who do you want me to put in That's for right. him? And so I just, <laughs> the best way to do it is not take him out of the game. That's but right. No, he's somebody that you just, you really, really trust. You feel very, very confident uh, when he's on the court that everything's going to everything's gonna run smoothly. And so that's I think that's one of the highest compliments you can pay to a player is that they're very consistent and they're, they're very, um, you know, very dependable. Speaking of Skylar Mays, uh, he was present at SEC Basketball Media Days and talked about the work that they put in this offseason. Uh, huge expectations. I think we have every reason to be confident based on the work we put in. And, uh, you know, that comes from the top down with how Coach Wade carries himself and, uh, you know, how he instills that confidence in, in us and, you know, the work ethic and, uh, you know, just the things that we do every day. And then I feel like if we stick to that and keep that confidence and, and See, consistency yep. and, and um, you know, that focus, yeah. I think we'll be in great shape and be able to hopefully do it again. Tigers selected by the media to finish third in the SEC behind Kentucky and Florida. And of course, Will Wade is back on the bench for the Tigers after serving his suspension a year ago. One more thing, and this was on a, on the uh, College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Will Wade uh, said he never thought uh, when he was suspended that his coaching career would be over. It was just going to take time to let everything play out. But he also alluded to the fact that he thinks the worst is behind them. Well, I mean, I think the I think the worst of it's uh, you know in the past, but you know, really, my focus right now is on you know on our team and running our program the right way, like we've like we've done, and continue to 
work towards uh, continue to work towards this season and, and, and have a great season and continue to build our program where we're going to keep stacking great seasons. We haven't been to back-to-back NCAA tournaments in 15 years. Here. So our goal is to get to back-to-back in NCAA tournaments and, and put ourselves in a position where we can advance and, and build on the, on the momentum, certainly, that our team uh, created last season. Tigers open up their regular season, the third under Will Wade, the first as defending SEC champions on Friday, November the 8th at the Maravich Center against Bowling Green. Uh, if you're looking for a point of reference, that would be the day before LSU plays Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Until tomorrow, when we'll give you a pick on the LSU-Mississippi State game, and you'll hear from Ryan Clark. This is Locked on LSU, your team every day.